is a needed Become, become the pulse of the revolution In the ranks of the masses rising Get up, get up, your voices are needed Become, become the pulse of the revolution In the ranks of the masses rising Greetings everyone, this is a call to actions. Today is May 10th, 2021. I hope everyone had a great Mother's Day and had time to spend with their mothers or or remember their uh, their fallen mothers. Anyways, we're, we're not going to be talking about Mother's Day today. We're, we're going to be talking about nanobio systems and the integration of these nanosystems with the human body, as well as radio frequencies with with uh, a 5G whistleblower who goes by the name of Scott, who has much inside information. Um, one trend amongst forums and social media is most people just tend to uh, spill what very little knowledge that they have in regards to 5G and the future of the telecom systems. But we have an individual who actually works in the field. And we've had him on our show a few times before, and we want to give a round of applause and a uh, thank you to a brave man known as Scott. Welcome back, Scott. Hey, how's everyone doing today? We're doing pretty good. How are you doing, Kimberly? Excellent. <laughs> yeah. All right. Kimberly does have kind of a light voice, so I'm going to have to speak up just a little bit. Um, but um, anyways, yeah, everything's going pretty well. Uh, yesterday, well, two days ago was my mom's birthday. Uh, she had passed away in August of 2020, but uh, everything's everything's going well. Um, but in the, the uh, serious sense... There's a lot of things to be completely concerned about in regards to the future of society as we know it. Um, many would had claimed that that I back in high school or thereafter was antisocial, but I just think I was just really picky about who I chose to be my friends and people that I held close to me. And uh, even still up to this day, I think it's more important now to be really picky about who you choose to make your friend or someone close. So let's just start, uh, to anyone who hasn't heard about you, Scott, or anyone who doesn't know about the field of telecom, uh, what do you do? What have you been doing for the past however many years? Well, I guess I'd have to go back a little while, you know, to show a background of uh, history. Um, back in the late 90s, I transitioned from being a logger, moving into the telecom industry. And that was from the uh, the rigger, the climber, who worked on the towers. And uh, moving in from that, uh, the natural progression was to move up the chain to become the foreman running my own crews to... Uh, 18, 18 years in the field, I was seeing everything grow from the uh, origins of the 2G network all the way up to the 5G network. Um, I started running crews, moved into project management, construction management, uh, worked for, uh, alongside closely with some of the biggest telecom uh, firms in, in 
North America, Canada, United States. Spent some time uh, in the eastern states, a few tours down there, building their systems, and uh, worked all through Western Canada. Spent time uh, working with Huawei, and mm-hmm. uh, in Canada, the the list of all the carriers in Canada and wireless systems, whether it's cell phones or um, the police systems, the e-com systems, the radio networks. I've worked with all of them and I know uh, the vast number of people in all these industries. And uh, now we're we're working on upgrading and removing all Huawei from, from Canada, uh, from all carriers, and that's not public knowledge as of yet. And yeah. um, I've worked with the trial systems of the 5G to the full deployment of uh, site builds of 5G from inception to uh, final testing and closeout. What's the difference between the 5G that rolled out when it when it was first rolled out, the first wave, the first installments, and what's being rolled out currently? <laughs> That's a really good question because uh, Everyone wants to claim, a claim to fame, the carriers. They advertise stuff on TV saying, we have the first 5G. Well, it's actually not, it's what they can call it because the first initial ones they're putting out uh, is really 4G plus because they're running a low band frequencies and they're connected with all the existing LTE frequencies. So they're all within the same cellular bands that we use today. It's just the technology allows it to hop from frequency band to frequency band, whichever one has the least capacity, so that the speed is the fastest. It's the brain box of the uh, cell sites that make it uh, the fastest possible that there is through the existing frequencies and new ones being added, just all interconnected. Now, if I use the terms like uh, LTE uh, via DSS, it doesn't mean much, but it's a distributed spectrum sharing. So you can build a new 5G frequency, but it's shared over the LTE frequencies as well. The moving forward into what true 5G is, is a separate standalone system, not integrated into the LTE. And those are being deployed. And the biggest difference is the uh, standalone network the antenna radio set, it's usually integrated now, and uh, the frequency bands are then higher than the existing cellular bands are. Mm-hmm. And with these uh, these higher frequencies come uh, more health issues potentially if one is within a, a close proximity of these of these frequencies. Is that true? Uh, it is true to a point. You would have to be pretty close to it to get the effects of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the effects, that's kind of an interesting term because uh, the effects are different further away than regular frequencies and also different when you're close. When you're close is what we consider using the term hot. Yeah. The RF is hot because it's much more potent when you're in close range. But the higher the frequency, the faster it dissipates moving away from the antenna during the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Now, are, yeah. they, are they installing these in street lights? Because I've been hearing that. I have no way to confirm it, but um, are they installing that in street lights? Well, maybe somewhere. I haven't seen it yet. And knowing what these, how everything works, I haven't seen a radio small enough that it could be in a street light. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen an antenna small enough to be in a street light. And if it is, the power level of it is so microscopic due to the antenna size, it's not large enough to propagate a large frequency out of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I've heard of this over in Europe. Um, certain parts of Europe, I've heard these stories about it. I've seen pictures of it. I know it's feasibly possible, but it's like a DAS system. A DAS is a distributed antenna system. Um, they're being built all over the place right now. Hospitals, shopping malls, uh, libraries, and it looks like a little fire extinguisher or a little fire alarm in the ceiling. And one of them right now uh, that's being built, not going to say exactly where or whatever, but it has literally hundreds and hundreds of antennas through a very large shopping mall. The reason it has to have so many is because they're low power and they can't be spaced too far apart. So it's one every few hundred feet in the mall. And when a mall is very large, you have to space it out. The difference is on a DAS system, uh, all carriers can travel through one system once it's built and they can all broadcast through the same antennas. Hmm. Kind of shifting gears here. Uh, we live in a day of COVID. Uh, it's pretty much, uh, you can't get past it. I, I've tried to have conversations that didn't uh, mention COVID or the coronavirus or anything down that line, but it's pretty much uh, pretty much inescapable in, in terms of of a of a general in-depth conversation because it's kind of like I, I see it kind of like like people react the same as if they're talking about religion or politics you know you don't just don't have those conversations in certain crowds sometimes at certain times and talking about like you know it are you vaccinated or uh, this or that what's your stance on it um, I, I try to avoid that and I, I'd stay with stay with my own crowd but we can't set aside the fact that we are living in a a a new society uh globally uh the first time we've seen that uh probably in in all of uh ad history uh where something so globally has affected everyone at all at once Though with that as an excuse, now we're seeing the rollout of new technologies. Uh, even the, the Department of Defense has has admitted that they that a potential application for a microscopic implant could be used for detecting coronaviruses or COVID nineteen in human bodies. And going down into that realm, of course, we're dealing with electronics. And electronics work off of you know various frequencies, either uh, you know either a power source that's embedded within it, but there's also remotely controlled 
devices like cellular phones receive its information from cellular towers and, and certain frequencies that are bu either built in or turned on in that device. So down that line, are there any types of applications that uh, a human could could hold or uh, implant within their cells that would be activated or controlled or maybe started up via some type of radio frequencies similar to cell phones, like implantables maybe? Well, it actually has started in the mainstream and people don't even think about it. Yeah. How many people do you know who wear smart watches? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That watch alone is a wearable uh, wireless device. That watch on your wrist can read your pulse. It can read your uh, your temperature. Uh, it can tell all kinds of how far you've walked, your exercise, and it's it can all be activated. It can all be recorded. Actually, the Samsung app itself says that it can track and record and share information without your consent. It's hmm. all part of this that people don't read the, the details of. This is what's starting already, and it's totally acceptable. Um, the information which can be, quote-unquote, shared without our consent, shared with who? Right. Shared with the shareholders. Hmm. Who are the shareholders of Samsung or Google or whatever the device is? This is the mainstream one. That's public knowledge. Great conditioning, because there's going to be ones coming up soon that are not necessarily mainstream, but it's for your better good. It's for the better good. We've all heard that before as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's injectables, which everyone's heard about the chip. You can put the chip, inject the chip, and it's so many conspiracies about the chip. Yeah. Well. What if there's other things that can be put in in your body? Um, and through what frequencies can it be operated on? Does it have to be a wearable device? Can it be an outside source, outside of what you control, that can be reading your body? Uh, technology is advancing faster than most people can even grasp or understand. And... Uh, Keeping on top of it is the, the challenging thing. There's, uh, we've all heard of the IoT, Internet of Things. Mm -hmm. It's coming around. It's growing. But has anyone heard about the uh, Internet Nano Things, Internet of Nano Things, or the Bio Nano Things? Not really. I mean, not necessarily. I have not heard of that before, no. It's the next generation, the next step above what 5G is. 5G is a communication device. People think this is all 5G, it's all scary. It's the, no, it's literally communications on a high speed, uh, high data rates, and uh, the applications of it is what make it interesting. What can you use it for? So can you use high speed data or high speed processing for good, of course. Can you use it for bad? Of course. And stepping above and beyond that, um, 
if we look into deeper articles, we can literally find everything on the internet, what we really need to find, and it is here. Just got to look in the right places, uh, look at some good sources and sourcings from the the actual uh, organizations or agencies that write the articles and uh, research papers. Knowing what to search for, knowing what words to use, that's where being in the industry, um, I have an idea of, of what to search, and I don't search on the regular Google or, or Firefox or that. I can use Google, but I have to go into Google Scholarly to get the actual white papers because we can all voice our opinions, but then that's all they are, strictly opinions. Until you get to the, the scientific data behind it and the scientific write-ups of what people's studies have actually done, that takes it beyond a conspiracy theory into the reality of what science is doing. And that's where I like to uh, get my opinions made from, is from hard factual science. Yes, sir. Now, a lot of uh, the stuff that we've been reporting on, I, I was thinking all the way back to something that we wrote up almost eight years ago on Swarm, was just pulling things from the universities like Berkeley, um, DARPA's website, and it sounds so futuristic and crazy. But when you start putting these, th connecting these dots, you're like, oh my gosh, this is like they have this technology. They, they have it, and it doesn't look like it's you know, in our best interest, but they, you know, it's that frog in the pot thing. They, they, they inch it in slower, slowly, and then it just looks like a good thing and you don't think about it. And by the, you know, again, you don't even know it's what's behind it. We've been, you know, talking about this stuff for years, but now we're in the thick of it. And it's like, this isn't a movie. This isn't futuristic anymore. We are in the middle of this technology going to a place that doesn't look like it's in a good place. Yeah, I want to compliment what you said with uh, you know this technology. The way that it's commercialized or accepted by society is there's, there's usually a medical excuse. And in the days that we're living in right now, uh, the the best excuse is let's roll this this new technology out. Although it may be invasive, it's in your best interest because you need to know when you have a virus in you that's less lethal than the flu. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, it, right. It's it's a mechanical, machinic, uh, nefarious invasion of the sacred temple that that God blessed us with. And it, it uh, that, you know, bugs me, but being bugged isn't going to solve any problems. Mm -hmm. So having these kind of discussions is, I believe, what's going to help solve these yeah, discussions. Yeah. And you, sent, uh, you sent a link uh, before the show regarding the Internet of Bio-Nano Things. Uh, was there something in particular that you wanted to just brief us on in regards yeah, to Yeah, let Okay, let me just read a little clip first, then I'll explain a bit about it. Here's an introduction. The Internet of Things, IoT, defines a cyber physical uh, paradigm where all types of real-world physical elements, sensors, actuators, personal electronic devices, or home appliances, among others, are connected and able to autonomously interact with each other. The new form of seamless connectivity is the enabler for many applications such as machine to machine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
But when do you think this was written? It sounds like something just within the last year or two. This was written in 2015. So if this was written in 2015, and we know that your basic cell phone uh, is outdated basically within 18 months as technology leaps forward, that's six years ago. How far have we gone in six years? Mm -hmm. The next step is they're looking at um, what is 6G, the current implementation of 5G technology, another clip of one of these science papers, um, has pushed the academic community to think about what is next. To properly answer the question, we have to figure out which will be the needs in the future. Now, before I carry on, why do they have to decide what our needs are in the future? Mm-hmm. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just kind of odd. This paper, this, this write-up, uh, found on the IEEE Explore uh, website, um, this paper deals with answers to those questions for your health. Vertical of 6G, for the health and vertical of 6G. The grown and aging of the population worldwide make the current healthcare systems unsustainable in the future. Wireless health has to be implemented to let all citizens be followed and managed in the health process of their life by pursuing an economical, viable way for the community. 6G is envisioned to be a technology which will not only make the wireless healthcare true, but will also allow the internet of bio-nano things, letting the human body be part of the, in brackets, the net. Wow. So uh, if they want to be able to um, read uh, through the wearable implantable devices, stuff that we're going to have on our everyday life, information about our health, our lifestyle, from every object we interact with, from a bottle of water to a type of drug. That Yeah, that's so, crazy. That is, that is crazy. I never heard much uh, on that. I, you rarely even hear anything involving 6G. I mean, most people are wrapped up in 5G and just have a big question mark above their head in regards to that. So 6G really is what people were thinking 5G was going to be. Uh, what I'm seeing 5G as is kind of the rollout of, kind of I'm, part of it I'm seeing as is a communication network of different machines, but not necessarily a per se like consciousness of these these networks of machines, but 6G may be. Yes, not the consciousness, but allows machine-to-machine communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether machine to now, when you say machine, mm-hmm. yeah, we have to extrapolate what that term means. Yeah. Um, the cell phone I'm holding here, this is a machine. Mm-hmm. A washing machine that washes your clothes is a machine. So you can take your phone here, click on your phone, and tell your your windows to open. You can tell your your doors to lock. This is machine to machine that way. Mm-hmm. It's not like an autonomous uh, um, battle machine driving down the street just because it says machine. Mm-hmm. It is an inanimate object that requires control. So it could be everything from what's in my fridge and you look and it actually right on your phone can tell you what's in your fridge. But it can also 
do this autonomously as this grows. So when you go shopping, your your fridge can tell your phone what you need to buy. Yeah. So take that a step further. Like that's all active right now, can be done right now mm -hmm. if you choose the right applications. So take that steps further, not food in your fridge, but food in your body. Hmm. What food is in your body? Yeah. Uh, right now, um, I'm very vitamin deficient in B12. It makes me tired and all this, right? Mm -hmm. But what if I had this magical thing in my body that would be able to connect to my phone and say, hey, uh, you need to go and take some vitamins because you're low. And it would automatically tell me. Mm -hmm. that That's coming because the nanotechnology that can be put into your body uh, will, uh, in the future, as you're saying, be able to read everything about your body, your DNA, your, your highs, your lows, what disease you have, do you have cancer, what do you have to take, uh, is there a vaccine for it, which yes, this is already being created through the mRNAs. Yeah. Uh, they're creating vaccines for cancer, for uh, kidney issues, because now they can take and change the operating system of the uh, mRNA they're giving and putting in your body to control all the sicknesses. If they can read it, like what I, I was uh, talking about here, if they can read that and to have this in your body already, the mRNA, what if they could tell the mRNA what to tell your cells? That's just... Uh incredible to even think about in the in a kind of fringe weird way uh, not in like a miraculous but though many people will be misguided and believe that this is a these are miraculous inventions though in in my opinion that's a it's a little too invasive and it kind of makes makes the creations of our own hands our saviors Yes. How far are we going to go to create things around us that will actually control us? Right. And and how, how far are we going to go to allow our bodies to be connected to this net, the 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 net of healthcare, because it's all for your own good, um, and have the machines monitor and control our bodies. What if that machine, uh, now let me step off and become a little bit on the uh, left wing here. I, I'm not a, a conspiracy nut. I'm a realist. Mm -hmm. I study and I take, I take this stuff quite seriously actually uh, because I know a lot about the goods and the bads to it. Uh, some of the, the most brilliant and richest people in the world, let's take Elon Musk, people like him who are concerned about AI. Well, if these people are concerned about AI and I know what it's doing from what I can see and what I, I build and what I research, what happens when the AI thinks that we are the virus right. and it has the control and it can operate what's in our bodies. It can tell us what we need to do with our cellular um, bio nano technologies. Mm -hmm. And these have already been, implanted inside of human beings so you're right what happens when it decides that that we're 
the threat and you know we already have these implanted inside of us they just hit a switch of some sort some type of would it be some type of frequency because infrared you know that's the uh, the regular remote control for your TV it runs on an infrared beam that's a certain um, radio frequency so what happens when the machine believes that we're the threat uh, is it possible some type of frequency could be hit or what would what would it take well the very first article I read about Internet of Things was written in 2015, far beyond anyone understood what actually this was. So when we're talking about this now, what are the frequencies and that, we are, we're talking about stuff that was probably done three, four years ago, and we're just catching up to it now. So are there? I totally expect there are because there's already... Um, the higher frequencies that are, are being designed to um, communicate on a millimeter level, a millimeter scale. Mm -hmm. Actually, you know what? Now that you mention this, let me just look in my email here because I just got something today. Yeah. Which yeah. I haven't read up much on yet, but uh, a multi frequency E band microwave. This is the 80 gigahertz microwave, and it's a a multi-frequency one, which is new, so I haven't even uh, delved into the actual programming of it yet. Um, 80, 80 gigahertz microwave, um, as in uh, telecommunication antenna, or, or what? Yes, this is a very, uh, very, very narrow beam that's a point-to-point. -point. The microwave is basically a uh, very small dish shape, about one foot across. Yeah. And the uh, wave that it sends from radio to radio is a frequency wave that passes all the technology, the communication, the data rates between the two at an extremely high rate because the waves are so small. In this case here, 80 gigs, the beam width is only 4 millimeters. So uh, multiple frequencies going through the four millimeter bandwidth passing through the air is basically a pencil lead. So there is no scatter. If there is, it's a loss of income. It's a loss of data. Yeah. Um, and that's why these are so hard to work on. Mm -hmm. So you think potentially that some type of application like that, 80, 80 gigahertz uh, microwave, could potentially be the frequency or device that could activate something that was implanted inside of humans. I don't have the information 100% to see yes or no, right. but I have the knowledge and experience to say, I expect this could be possible. Um, back, back a few years, when we build uh, remote sites like on mountaintops, we put up a uh, cellular antenna. Now this correlates with it, so I'm not just going off on a tangent, but uh, we put up these larger antennas and uh, it shoots a signal out and everyone uses it for their cell phones. When you look at the specs of the antenna, it's called a quarter wave antenna. So let's say the bandwidth was 800 megahertz. It uses a quarter of that wave for that signal. If you take 80 gigahertz and use it as a quarter wave, it is a one millimeter. 
So keeping that into perspective, um, this is a microwave, but there, there's also other ones being used as a very, very large antenna or a large surface, not even an antenna. It's basically equivalent to a flat surface that is used as an antenna that can be up to 100 gigahertz, which the higher the number, the smaller the signal. So like a one gigahertz is a 1,000 megahertz. It's a fairly large signal measured in meters. You go to uh, higher gigahertz, the frequency size gets smaller and smaller and smaller, the higher you go. So mm-hmm. 80 gig being four millimeters, 100 gig would be maybe one millimeter. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, it, it's interesting to think about, you know, that, that you know, cell phones you know, are activated to perform their operations by what frequencies it's given. You know, you, you turn on... Um, you know your phone onto using data you're using a cellular communication and it's receiving radio waves from a tower that has antenna on it and it's receiving certain frequencies for it to operate in its normal manner for you to access different applications to download things to send messages um, for messages to be received as well that's one thing that's important so it, it's not out of the scope of reality for something microscopic or nanoscopic to be implanted into a human being and be activated to perform its operations via a radio frequency. Exactly. Yeah. 100% bang on. It is always plausible. It is always possible. And uh, if anyone was to get close to the site, like the workers who build it, and you're there for a length of time, you can feel the energy. Mm-hmm. If you can physically feel the energy, and usually more people have been around it, you know it's doing something to you. So if you can physically feel it, imagine what the nanotech must be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, can, you can pick up a signal from a cell phone from... 20 miles away on the right kind of uh, a day. So if it can pick up a signal that delicate from so far away and it activates and it passes data rates, nanotech's happening. Yeah. Being in- injected with uh, with a swarm of what, what appears to be a liquid, um, um, say... That contains CRISPR that goes in and modifies the DNA... And when it modifies the DNA, what is it modifying? When you start modifying at the DNA level, I mean, what are we at that point? It's a chimera. You're not even like a human anymore. Well, some type of genetically altered uh, human being. You used to be an organic human being, but... Uh, in the name of a GMO, a human being, apps, you know, is pretty much what it was. I wanted to share something that you touched on earlier. There was an article that we have up on a call to actions.com um, under the swarm area. I just wanted to um, share a quote. I don't know, I don't have the article in front of me other than the quote from it, but and I know this has had to be at least five, six years ago. 
um, when I put it up there, so it could be older than that or somewhere in that range. In the longer term, picture an outbreak of a new disease like the next Ebola. Hmm, sounds like COVID, doesn't it? In the future, the virus will get sequenced very quickly and then labs will find the vaccine or cure and your immune system will download the instructions for the cure from the internet into your body without you even necessarily being consciously aware of it. And what's that from? It's from an article that I took the quote out of. I'll have to find the article to share it yeah, later. I, but that's yeah. something that I, 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 I built this article from many you, you don't have any source on that? I have it somewhere. I don't have it in front of me right this second. It says, it says Spire. Spire coaches. I don't know if that's from Spire or the okay. article above it. Yeah, but, but that, that's pretty I, I believe I believe Spire actually quoted from somebody else because this, this was actually taken out. I remember the document you're reading. Uh, it was actually taken out of a speech from one of the biggest uh, pharmaceuticals. And they used it in what they were um, documenting on. Can't remember who it was either, but I do remember reading that exact one. But isn't that interesting? The next disease, the next Ebola, and now we're in the COVID thing. And you know, I mean, that's where they want to go. Is we don't we don't even know what they're doing to our bodies. It's 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 making decisions for us. The technology for for anybody to to be injected with something that they don't know what they're being injected with, I think is not a good decision. And more than likely, there are going to be a lot of people that listen to this that had been injected with this experimental uh, genetically modifying stuff. Um, and Scott, you put an article together about um, you know a lot of the stuff that was quoted on the Moderna website about you know talking about we're operating systems and they're going to you know, inject a code, which was, you know, using the CRISPR technology, the nanotechnology to go in and basically resequence our DNA. I mean... Yeah, an investigative piece that uh, Scott, our uh, 5G whistleblower, uh, 6G whistleblower, we can add that in here, wrote here just a couple of weeks ago entitled, The Future OS of mRNA, or The Future Operating System of mRNA, where he went in and dug around and found found a lot of a lot of clues, putting this uh, agenda together and figuring out exactly what's going on, and definitely including the uh, the the experimental injection company Moderna, which I think any anyone who sees that name can see that it's modifying RNA. That's Moderna, modifying RNA. Well, the mRNA is the messenger system mm -hmm. that goes into the DNA and basically recodes it. The messenger, messenger. I th isn't that interesting? For it to send something injected into your body to be a, a new messenger, it's an invader, a, a complete invader of the human body. So if you want to just touch on any key points in your investigative article regarding the future operating system of mRNA. Well, my wife and I have had a lot of discussions about this. Um, I'm not anti-vaccine. I've had many vaccines. Yeah. Um, as 
what a vaccine is. We all have as growing up as a kid. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as I get a little older and a little more uh, wiser, I should say, um, I look at life in a bigger picture. And when I find out that uh, back in uh, 2010, um, the this whole thing we're talking about was already laid out as a plan through the Rockefeller Foundation, uh, detail by detail, including the coronavirus, um, I found that a little, uh, little too interesting to leave alone. Um, so when I'm doing some research, I'm finding right on the, the uh, websites, the mRNA, it, it says here, um, they're not actually a vaccine, but an operating system to control how the molecular system of the body operates. Mm. And I took clips right out of the, out the website yeah. where the titling says, our MRA, mRNA medicines, the software yeah. of life. Hmm. When we have a concept of the new mRNA medicine and begin research, fundamental components are already in place. Generally, the only thing that changes from one potential mRNA medicine to another is the coding region. The actual genetic code that instructs uh, rhizomes to make a protein. Utilizing these instruction sets gives our investigational mRNA medicines a software-like quality. We're also able to combine different mRNA sequences encoding for different proteins on a single mRNA investigational medicine. Uh, without going to all the rest of the reading, the details of this here, kind of tells me their wording. It's basically an operating system. Mm -hmm. I don't claim to be an expert on it. So this is more opinion based and taking my opinions from what I'm reading. And the websites are there for everyone to read and interpret how you see fit. But when I read through this, my wife and I are talking about this. If we say, oh, wait, let's think about it. You know, let's think about it. AstraZeneca, that's one out there that, but it has bigger reactions. Why? Why does AstraZeneca have a bigger reaction than a Pfizer or a Moderna? Because AstraZeneca is not a messenger mRNA. It is actually one that has uh, the COVID genes in it. I see. It gives you a modified uh, form of it. You're not going to get sick from it. It gives you the modified form of it, just like for polio. Mm -hmm. And from that, your body builds a reaction to it. That's why people are getting a reaction to AstraZeneca. Your body is fighting off this little uh, snippet of COVID. Mm -hmm. Whereas the other ones, oh, well, I don't want that reaction. I'm going to go get a Pfizer or a Moderna shot if I can. I'm going to ask because it doesn't have that near a series of a reaction. How small-minded. You're thinking about the five minutes or, or three days after. That's your concern? Really? Hmm. Do you not have concerns about, like, the rest of your life? Right. Uh, some people want to have children. Uh, what are the next vaccines coming along? How many more of these are all going to become the uh, messenger RNA, mRNA vaccines? If we continue down this path and all the vaccines are changed this way and uh, every cold that comes along 
every the next disease that comes along spars which is planned for 2025 to 2028 yeah. uh, and that's ready like rolled out um, there's another vaccine for this and another one for that all these vaccines they all have a uh, nanotech in it that carries the messenger into your body I find that a little concerning. Yeah, and I wonder if that nanotech is what somehow could be turned on by some frequency. Of course, I like to keep. Sometimes I like to keep things in the realm of speculation and wonder, uh, because you know, without forming you know our own thoughts and looking into things and forming our own decisions or theories. Sometimes theories are important, but that doesn't mean that your theory is is a fact or that anyone's theory is a fact is what I'm saying. I, I have all kinds of theories, but if I have one, I'm going to tell you that it's a theory and this isn't a fact. Um, that, you know, these nano structures that are being injected into people could potentially, when hit with a certain radio frequency, behave differently or, you know, deliver the the drug to the body differently somehow or modify your DNA differently. I mean, we know that radio frequencies some uh, have a uh, radiation in general has a uh, mutagenic effect at a, uh, to a certain point. Um, and, you know, going back to the mRNA vaccines, I mean, they say here, Moderna says mRNA vaccines are not an actual vaccine, but an operating system, operating system to control how the molecular system of the body operates. I can't do anything but shake my head when I hear that. Yeah, I I don't know what to say on that. Um, if we're looking at how we feel for the next three days, we don't want to get sick for three days, uh, but we would rather inject ourselves with a experimental um, something that is known to be not a vaccine, but it tells your body to create the proteins that look a whole lot like coronavirus so that your body can fight off these proteins that it just made so that it can create an antibody towards COVID. Yeah. Okay, so sign, you know, I'm not a scientist. It, it, theoretically, it does work. Fine, no problem. But what is it? I don't know. I'm not an expert on it. And because I don't know what this is, I'm not going to just go, they said so. It's for my greater good. Right. And then take a shot. Right. Well, I think we can agree. I think anyone who has any type of scientific knowledge at all would agree that it is a global human experiment. Uh, it totally is. And, and I wish I had the, some of the data in front of me, but it's very clearly coming out that uh, the China, the place it originated from, uh, was working on bioweapons uh, for many years before this was released. And I came across the information last night, um, and not that it's coming to me, it's coming to the mainstream, and they're turning their blind eye to it. Um, this is an experiment. It's, it's bio-war, and we're stuck in the middle of it. And uh, that, as our wonderful leader Trudeau says, this is an opportunity that can't be missed. Mm -hmm. His words, not mine. Wow. And it's said by people of the likes of Klaus Schwab, who's you know the head of great political 
an economic forum in the world and it's a great opportunity you can't miss this opportunity for what to take over the world yeah. i'm sorry but that's exactly what this is and it is an yeah. experiment yeah it definitely and, and what bothers me is that the, the lack of transparency about the people that are getting harmed from it so if it's so you know if they're going to share reality with us on the mainstream news and i don't watch it but i see commercials pushing the agenda you know like take it for the team kind of stuff it's like <laughs> you know what i mean it's like i and i i know people who've fallen for it um that what bothers me is a lack of transparency in the balance of the reality of what's going on. So there's like no reporting on the adverse effects. And if it is, it's so downplayed to a minuscule amount where it's just continues to push the agenda. That really bothers me because that shows you that there's an agenda to cover up the truth of what's really going on and people are getting harmed. And, you know, where's the side effects? You know, where do, they, where do they share that? People are having to create websites where people come together to share with each other. There was a group I was involved with on Facebook. I got invited to it. Um, it was like, I think, three weeks in its infancy from, like, I think it was in the UK. And then it grew exponentially. Like, within a week that I was in that group, it went from... 43,000 to 93, like 99,000 to 130,000, then Facebook shut it down. That's what bothers me. If people are sharing their own personal experiences, not third party, personal experiences, it grows, people find it, they're starting to share, they're starting to help each other, Facebook shuts it down. That's a big red flag to me. Yep. And all the crap with, you know, anytime you try to share any kind of truth, it slaps that, oh, it's safe and effective. It's, you know, or they just, they slap their little, you know, something on their Facebook, you know, their, their, back, their fact checkers. Fact. You know, it's like, come on. Fact checkers that are backed by, well, that have roots in act, the actual vaccine rollout. It's kind of crazy to yep. look into that. What I'm seeing here with, for someone, for a group of people to be able to inject you with something that could modify you for the rest of your life. I mean, look at technology and the trends in technology throughout history. It all starts from something and then it evolves from that initial, that initial piece of technology. What we're seeing right now is that initial piece of technology rolled out into the public where people will subject themselves to being injected with something that they don't know what they're being injected with, something that alters their DNA. What's, what's next down the line 10 years from now or 20 years from now? People being injected with something that actually allows them to be remotely controlled? I mean, holy moly, it, it's, it's disturbing to think about. Yeah, definitely the thing that makes you wonder, definitely. Yeah. Um, how far is this going to go? Yeah. Um, you know, I shake my head. I, I'm in the middle of building this, and at the same time, I've come to a total uh, love-hate relationship. I love the physical work, what the guys do. I love what I do. I hate what it does in the end run, because in the end run, um, 
whether it's physical or psychological, as of right now, people are being psychologically controlled. They're walking around, their head down, face down. Uh, the new drug is no longer heroin. It's data. Data is the new drug. Mm-hmm. And it's just in what form is it? Is it in the form of Candy Crush? Is it in the form of Instagram? Uh, instead of uh, having, you know, different flavors of, of pot or different flavors of heroin, it's different flavors of data now. And people are so addicted to their data, they want it more. They want it now. And if they're cut off, if they are just, they, they go psychotic because they don't have the data. It's the same as a physical drug. And what's next? They're going to be asking for this. They're going to be asking for the 6G. That way they don't have to go to the doctor in person. They can they can just scan their arm and it'll tell them the information they need. Rather than being normal human beings and, and thinking for themselves and having a God to look up to, this is becoming their new God as well. Absolutely. The data is becoming their new God. Mm-hmm. They are worshiping the internet. Mm-hmm. They are uh, asking for the internet for everything. Uh, whatever they want, whatever they need, AI is becoming their new God. Mm-hmm. And it, it's showing its form in every way, shape possible. And people are not seeing it because they're blind to it. Absolutely. Wow. 100%. It is. It's, it is it is the beast. It's worshiping the beast system, which is, you know, we, we uh, Bobby had brought up that there's four different um, companies now that are doing these vax passes so this is oh there there are more than that but there were four that i was able to outline in our uh, our last show with uh, with alex the the vaccine passports i mean that that's a story in its own um i mean that's that's the that's the mark you know we're the mark of the beast you don't take the mark of the beast you won't be able to buy or sell you know they go they go um they they turn everything digital and then you know money's no longer valid now it's everything's digitized and trackable yeah Mm -hmm. hold that thought kim you said something jump this back to our earlier conversation about bio nanotech Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that bio nanotech gets in your body you have enough of it Right now, you have a thumbprint scan on people do it on their iPhones. They have a palm scan. They have an iris scan. Mm-hmm. Wait until you get enough of this uh, uh, nanotech encrypted in your body. Your body, you won't need to carry a wallet. You won't need to carry a driver's license or a passport because the nanotech within your body will be everything. That mark will not be a, uh, my opinion, yep. not a fact. Uh, it will not have to be a physical digital copy because your body will be the copy. Your body will carry it within you. It will carry it in your hand. It will carry it in your eye, which is considered the forehead. Your body, with or without any other devices, I thought it was going to be the cell phone. I thought this smartphone was going to carry all the data, but now I'm seeing it's moving toward biotech. It can all be implanted uh, in your body, whether it's through dust, whether it's through injections, that now your own blood will be your own uh, weakness. And the human body will be used by companies around the world as an additional piece of their technology or a, pe- a holding place for their technology. Now, the human body 
cannot be patented mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you are naturally born as a human. Mm -hmm. You can't patent that. But when some other entity, a commercialized source, puts their patented product into your body, now that product is patented and you are the carrier. Therefore, you can be tracked. All their patents are now itemized and every person can be itemized, tracked. You are part of their system because, and this is legit right off their websites, mm -hmm. that now with their data into you, you can be considered a carrier of Pfizer. Therefore, you are part of their product. Who funds Pfizer? We don't know. Follow the money all the way back to the beginning. When you follow the money to the beginning, you find the master who owns you. Wow. With that, I think we should uh, wrap up this show. Holy moly, Scott. Powerful words. Uh, you're so right on that. Um, isn't that something people, more people need to think about? Um, so, Scott, we're just going to be calling you Scott. No last names, just the 5G whistleblower, now 6G whistleblower. Scott, thank you for being on a call to actions again. Thank you for putting up with my rant. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, it's not, it's not a rant. It's entertaining. Thank you. It's uh, beyond entertaining. It's, it's, it's something that people really need to be aware of and um, make logical decisions around realizing um, what they have before them. This is not, you know, this isn't, this isn't a game anymore. This is, the technology is a serious um, threat. None of us want drunk drivers on the road. None of us want people sleeping behind the wheel while driving. Therefore, the same, we really don't want people just uh, dreaming their way through life and, and being asleep at the wheel of their own life. Absolutely. They need to be woken up to the reality of what's going on around them. Mm -hmm. And it's not a conspiracy. It's not a fantasy. This is factual evidence. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. You heard that first from Scott, 5G, 6G whistleblower, Inside Knowledge. Scott, thank you. We will uh, we'll be having you back on the show. It's an honor. Thank you, thank you, Scott. God bless you. Thank you. Anytime. All right. God bless.